Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. All right, welcome. Thank you for coming, and uh, we're just so blessed to get to share the word because it's precious and it's powerful and it's going to help you. So let's just start with prayer. Father, we thank you so much for those that you, that have come tonight and and to listen to your good word. Father, they are your beloved. That means that they're so dear to your heart. And because that love is so great for them, you want them well and whole and strong and living fulfilled lives. And so I pray tonight that this word will help them to arrive at a, a, a better place than even they are right now and continue to grow in their relationship with you and their love for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. You know, that's something as I was just <clears throat> preparing uh, today for my teaching uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, they're my beloved. And so I just looked that word up, and um, I love to do that. So the original text means that, that you're greatly loved and that you're dear to his heart. So he wants you well, he wants you whole, and he's provided a way. So I pray that tonight as I share that you will be encouraged to um, just, you need some? Okay. <laughs> Be encouraged to just take hold of his word and to let it be such a part of your life that it changes you, and it will. So um, healing has always been dear to God's heart as we go back way into um, the Old Testament. We see that he would heal, and he provided healing. So um, he hasn't changed. The Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that if you've been in here um, in healing class before, you've probably heard about how he provided healing for us uh, when Jesus went to Calvary and the stripes placed upon his back. He, he provided healing for, for us to uh, walk in wholeness and health and overcome the things that the enemy would bring against our lives. So it's something that is so important to him. He paid an awesome price for us to be well. In Psalm 103, if you brought your Bibles, if not, if you can just jot these scriptures down and look at them later because they will help you to go over them again. They're so uh, full of the power of God. They're so full of the life of God. And they're medicine to us as we receive them. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Praise God, we do. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities or sins, who heals all your diseases. He heals all your diseases. That's his will. That's what he wants to do. Who redeems your life from destruction. And sickness is, this brings destruction to a life, so that can apply to healing as well. He redeems our lives from, from destruction. Redemption is, just means a freedom, a setting free. So that's what he has uh, provided in his word, and that's what we, it, it's available to us to receive. It says, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth, or you could say satisfies your life with good things so that your new youth is renewed like the eagle's. That is such a good promise. As you grow older, you need that. 
you need your youth to be renewed. And I certainly have claimed that. So it, just anything that this word says we can have, let's grab it. Let's take it and receive it for ourselves. Acts 10.38, it says, uh, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we know that sickness is an oppression from the enemy. It's something that came into this earth uh, from the evil one. And uh, we know, as, we, as we've learned in scriptures, that that has been taken care of through the Lord. So uh, it's something, it's a settled, settled thing that God did for us. He took care of the sickness problem. He took care of the sin problem. He forgives all of your iniquities. He heals all of your diseases. He took care of those. So it's up to us to learn what we need to do to uh, have that operative in our life and enjoy it, a benefit, a benefit. So he's so good to us. We've, we've talked about in here, I talked about it a few weeks ago and then uh, Joy may have mentioned it too, but I know Derek brought it out again last week about the children's bread. So healing and, and deliverance is the children's bread. It belongs to us. It's something, uh, a provision for us that, that we need to uh, receive from him and take and uh, enjoy, see him fulfill in us his will for our bodies. So it's children's bread. But uh, Psalm 23.5 says he has a table prepared. So it's already prepared and ready. As, as a woman, as a, a mom and a family, I don't get to enjoy that in the natural that much. I have to go in and do the preparing and call the family. <laughs> Thanksgiving's coming up and there's a lot of preparing that we have to do. But what's, once it's on the table, the rest of the family can just come in and sit down and enjoy uh, the benefits of mom and probably other people, women in the family helping to get it on. But it's something that uh, we can enjoy and that's what he wants you to know. Healing is pleasurable for you. It is such, such a, a freeing thing to walk in health and be whole and be healed every time that something comes upon your body. So we're going to learn tonight how to um, really receive it and stay that way, stay with the healing working in us. In, uh, he's done his part. He's accomplished the healing for us. Um, so we need to learn what our part is. In Mark eleven twenty four, this is actually such a, a dear scripture to me because this is when I first learned how to receive healing from this scripture. I found out that healing was a provision that the Lord had um, made available to me. Uh, and so when I found this, when I was taught this scripture in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus is speaking some powerful verses ahead, but we don't have time to go into all of those. But he, uh, Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you desire or whatever things that you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So when you pray, if you find out that healing, you have a healing promise that you want to uh, uh, take and receive from or take as your own, there's so many that are available in Scripture uh, I, I heard uh, a, a min or read about a minister uh, saying that someone had come to him and he said, do you have a good track that I can share with people about healing? He said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
So it's all in there over and over and over. You will see how Jesus healed and he healed and he healed and he set free and he cast out demons and uh, he's the same. So that's still his will today. And we know it was the Father's will because he said, I don't do anything without the Father telling me to do it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So this is God's, uh, God, the Father God's will for all of us to have that wholeness in our bodies and receive. But when you pray, the scripture says, when you pray at that very moment, when you open your mouth and talk to God about this, you, you desire healing. This is what we're talking about in this class, but this will apply for other needs in your life. When you pray, whatever you desire, if you have a, a, a different type of need, this will work for that too. But when you pray at that moment, you take your healing. That's an exercise of faith. It says, because when you pray, believe that you receive or take it at that moment in prayer and you will have it. That is such an important uh, truth for us to grasp because it's not a, I'll get it sometime, someday I'll, I'll be healed, someday I will uh, have, you know, freedom from, from this thing or that thing. It's no, faith says I have it now. When I pray, I believe that I take it or I receive it. I take it right then. Something in the natural, if somebody reaches, uh, hands something to you and you reach out and you take it, well, then you have it. It's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. When you take it or you receive it, it's yours in the realm of the spirit. It's a spiritual truth, but you're exercising your faith at that time. So if you take it, you have it. And it doesn't, uh, it, it, that's when you don't see it yet or you don't feel it yet. You don't see it or feel it because it's, a, it's in the realm of the spirit at that point. We're going to need it in this realm, but hang on. <laughs> Once you receive it, God goes to work. The power of God goes to work. I think uh, last week, Derek, I think he shared about the man who they broke up the tiles and they let him down to Jesus to, and he received healing. But it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. It was there. So the power of the Lord is available for us the moment we pray and believe that we receive or we take that promise of healing, that provision of healing, it is ours. And if we will see that it is ours, whether we feel it, whether we you know, have any type of manifestation in our physical body, at that point, it's still ours and it belongs to us and it, the power of God is working. We have to trust the power of God to be working in our, in our lives when we don't see it. If you believe it, you have it. Seeing and feeling is not, that is not, that does not belong in this place right here. Seeing and feeling comes later as it's uh, you stay with God and, and you allow that power to, to do the work that he wants to do. But it's, a, it's, it's faith, it's trust, it's believing that you're at work, Lord. I may not see it, I may not feel it, but you are working and that would be a good confession to say you're working and you're working healing in me you're working healing in me thank you the power of God is working healing in me I believe it because I took it I received it you're working healing in me this this little thing right here 
can make you or break you <laughs> where this is concerned. You've got to keep your mouth lined up with the word of God. You've got to keep your mouth lined up with faith. And what you say from the moment you receive it is I believe the power of God is working in me. I believe that I've received my healing and it will manifest in my body. I will, I will be able to, to uh, you know, witness the, the uh, uh, deliverance, the freedom, the healing that I have, I have believed that I received. All right, once you believe that you receive, like I said, the power of God goes to work. And then your fight of faith begins. Isn't that fun? <laughs> you get to fight. The fight of faith begins once you believe that you've received your healing and believe that the power of God is at work, affecting a healing and a cure in your body. It's the fight of faith. The Bible talks about the fight of faith. And that is, um, for, talks about that in 1 Timothy 6.12. The fight is not receiving it. That's just an act of your faith. The fight is staying in faith and seeing your healing manifested in your body. That's the fight. But it is a good fight. As First, first Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession and the presence of many witnesses. There's a lot in this scripture as well. You're confessing that good confession. You're confessing, I know that by the stripes of Jesus I have been healed. I've received that healing. I've taken that healing. The power of God is working in me, affecting a healing and a cure. But I am going to fight that fight of faith. I have laid hold on what is provided for me. I've taken hold of it. It's mine. Healing is mine. That bread is mine. It belongs to me. But that fight of faith is a faith. It's a good fight because it's a fight that you win. It's just, uh, it's so much fun. Faith is so much fun. I love it. <laughs> if somebody said, I'm going to take your faith away from me, I would think, mm -mm, there's no way you're going to take my faith away from me because it's, it's, it's the way to live. It's just a walk with God that is so free and it is so victorious and uh, challenges. Oh, absolutely. Not from God, but we live on this, on this earth where we have the adversary and we're going to talk about him in a minute. A good fight of faith. Um, last week, last Wednesday night, if you haven't listened to Pastor Allen's message, his Wednesday night message is absolutely fantastic. And I think he's going to continue on along those lines tonight. But it's called Growing Stronger. If you didn't listen to it, go, go to the church app and go to Messages. And it's November the 2nd. But it's, he talks about the armor of God. And he begins to talk about our adversary. And I thought, this is what I'm talking about tonight. We have an adversary. That's why we have a fight. That's why we have to stand and to walk this out with uh, everything that we know to do to keep the enemy pushed back and uh, walk this out until you see your full fruition of your freedom, your deliverance, your healing, your victory. And Alan, Pastor Allen brought out um, 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. 
but he, he talked about the armor of God and, and why do we need an armor, you know? Because you're in an army <laughs> and you have, you have somebody that is resisting everything that you want to do for your life and for God. The enemy, it doesn't just step back and say, okay, go do it. No, he puts up a, he puts up a fight. First Peter Five, eight and nine, Alan mentioned this last week. It says, be sober, be vigilant. And that sober is just self-controlled and, and uh, you know, not dulled down. You're just alert and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. So this is our fight. It's resisting the enemy. Steadfast, how? In the faith. You do this in faith. You're trusting God that when you're resisting, he's stepping back. He's quitting his advance towards you. And he has to stop. And he has to be pushed back. And it may not be just a one-time resisting. It may have to be a daily thing for a while. Uh, mm -mm. No, no enemy, you're not winning. And I, I just got so excited hearing Alan's message last week because I thought this is what healing class is so much about, resisting the things of the enemy, trying to keep you from getting healed, uh, trying to keep you from staying healed. So it's that fight of faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Let's, I'm going to go over there. I really didn't have that in my notes, but I kind of I'm adding it in Ephesians 6, what Alan taught on. We have an awesome pastor, don't we? He's amazing. Um, <laughs> he just loves the word. He stays with the word, and that's what we need. Uh, Ephesians 6, let's start. I'm going to read verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Strong in the Lord. That's a message to us. <laughs> be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his word. Be strong in, the, in faith. Be strong in our fellowship and in our, in our, in our uh, a trust of him. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Stand, that word stand, means resist. I've studied it. That's what it means. Resist. Stand against the wiles or the tricks, the devices, the craftiness of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, and that word again means resist, verse 14. Uh, verse 13, therefore take up the oath, withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. There it is again. I think he's trying to get a, a point across to us. We need to stand. We need to be aware of our enemy. We need to be aware how he, how he, um, how he works, the devices of the enemy. The Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. And we're going to talk about some of those in a minute. And I'm going to give you scripture to, to have against him to, as you're standing but then verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having your, wa your waist uh, with truth, girded your waist with, 
waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and so on. So there's just, there's four different times in these few verses he's saying stand, withstand, resist the things of the enemy. <clears throat> that word resist means vigorously opposing, bravely resisting, standing face to face against an adversary, standing your ground. Praise God. Praise God. Vigorously opposing, standing face to face. I think of Jesus when they came to get him in the garden. He didn't cower back. He's our example in everything. He went forward. He said, who are you seeking? He knew they're coming to take him, but he didn't cower back and he, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. And we don't need to be afraid. Let's not be afraid. Let's honor God with our faith and say, we know you've defeated him. We know that we have been given everything we need to win in life. So let's, let's stand boldly in the face of the enemy. When it brings sickness and disease to us, stand up to him and say, no, that does not belong to me. That does not belong to me. The Bible says your body belongs to God. It's the temple of the Lord. And we need to do all that we can do to keep it well and whole. <clears throat> okay, once you have received your healing, you'll need to stand. You'll need to stand against fear, doubt, and worry, and quitting. I'm going to go over some scriptures with you now that will help you to use that sword of the spirit. That's, that's just part of the armor, the sword of the spirit. It is written. It is written. It is written. Praise God. That's how Jesus stood against the, the devil too. When he tempted him, when he took him up to the mount to tempt him, the enemy would come some, with some temptation and Jesus would come back with, it's written. And what did the enemy do? He, he stopped that temptation. He went to another one and Jesus said again, it's also written. So we, we have the example of what Jesus did and he won. Jesus has defeated the enemy for us in 1 John 3, 8. This is the NIV. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2, 14, the last portion of that. I'll turn over there. <clears throat> you need to keep these in your arsenal. You need to keep these scriptures in your arsenal. I have these in my arsenal. I have them all just one after another, and I pull up that page out all the time, and I go over these scriptures, and I go over these scriptures, and keep them fresh in me, like, I don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Uh, Hebrews 2.14, the last portion says, he, of course, the first part says he became, he partook of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same flesh and blood like us, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He's destroyed. Does he still exist? Yes, but he destroyed him where we're concerned, so he does not, he does not have a right to um, put the things on us, us and do the things to us to bring destruction to us. That word destroy means he put to naught, made of no effect, and rendered entirely useless. And you think, well, he's still doing all of this stuff because the enemy doesn't play by the rules. He's a bully. He's a renegade. I think of him as like a member of the mafia. 
you know, the mafia doesn't have legal right to do anything, but they don't pay any attention to the rules. They just do what they want to do. If they can get away with it, if a bully can get away with it, then, you know, that's just what's going to happen. But when we learn who we are in Christ, when we learn what's ours, and when we learn how to fight and resist and stand in what Jesus has done for us, he does not stand a chance. He'll be afraid when you get up in the morning. Oh, no, they're up again. Here they come because they're in, he's in for another punch from the word of God and from the authority that God has given to us. The Amplified Bible says that, that uh, verse 2, the last portion of 14, that by going through death he might bring to naught and make of no effect him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Our enemy is a defeated foe. You need to see him that way. Don't be afraid. See the enemy as defeated. Jesus defeated him. It's up to us to deal with him, but we have, as we've been you know, brought out, we have the armor of God, we have the word of God, we have the authority that he's given us. He's given us authority to stand against anything the enemy tries to bring against us. We have the name of Jesus that every knee has to bow. And this word that is that sword of the spirit that we can wield it. And the enemy trembles when he hears the word of God. He trembles when he hears the name of Jesus. He is afraid of the person that knows their position in Christ, that knows how to use their weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, Corinthians says. Mighty, mighty through God. We need to realize who's on the inside of us. The greater one is in us. And the enemy we deal with is defeated. He is, he's been put to naught. He's been reduced to nothing. He's been rendered useless if we, if we set the boundaries that he cannot, he cannot do what he wants to against us. He's horrible. He's such a horrible, horrible being. Oh. All right. Praise God. And we also need to resist, um, what, what did I, I didn't, I didn't start that yet. Okay, here we go. I said we need to resist fear. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So resist fear. It calls it a spirit here. So you can talk to fear like you would talk to a personality because a spirit is a being and say, I rebuke you. I will not fear. Once you have received your healing, that's like I said, that's when the fight begins. So fear will try to come and uh, torment you. Like, uh, this isn't working. You're not going to make it. This is getting worse. Uh, this is really bad, you know. I mean, it's, it's, this is how the enemy works, to bring fear to you so you will drop your faith because if there's fear, faith is not going to op- be operative. It's not going to work. You know, even Jesus, as we've shared about Jairus, when, when he was going, Jesus was going to uh, raise his daughter from the dead, uh, he heard that, you know, she was already dead. But Jesus immediately turned to him and said, don't be afraid. Only believe. 
And that's a serious situation they were dealing with, the, probably the worst that you can hear. She's dead. He said, don't be afraid, only believe. So that's what, when fear comes to you, resist that fear, that temptation to fear, speak to it, say, no, I will not fear. I have his word. God is for me. He's helping me. I have the power of God is working in me, affecting a healing and a cure. I will not be afraid. Stand, resist that fear. Say no to fear. Luke 12, 32 says, Do not fear, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom or to give you what you need, give you what's provided for in the, in the kingdom. It's his good pleasure. He loves doing it. He loves healing. The Father loves to heal. It's just, it makes him happy. Getting to heal us makes him so happy. I know it does because we are believing what his, his son did for us. Isaiah 41, 13, for I, the Lord God, will hold your hand saying, fear not, I will help you. So you're not doing this by yourself. He's with you. He's helping you. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's your helper, and he's going to comfort you. He's going to hold your hand if you need his help. He's going to say, it's okay, honey. It's okay, son. It's, gonna take it's okay, daughter. I'm with you. Keep on walking. Keep on going forward. Don't let fear torment you and, and take your faith away. He's good. He's a good father. And then we have to resist doubt and worry. That's another thing you say no to is doubt and worry. Just like, like I said earlier, just uh, the thoughts that will come against your, your, your mind of, of it's not working, you're getting worse, this is taking too long, it's, uh, you know, you're going to die. I mean, it's all of those doubtful things that the enemy tries to feed into your thoughts. But Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Remind yourself of that. Go to these scriptures. Hope you're writing these down. Go to these scriptures. Ah, uh, there's nothing too hard for you. You made the heavens and the earth. There's nothing too hard for you. To fix this body, you made this body. To repair it, to fix it, to free it from whatever the enemy has brought to, to make it not work properly. There's nothing too hard for you. And then uh, verse 27, behold, I, he's speaking now. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And of course, no, there's not. I'm the God of all flesh. What's in your flesh is giving you a problem. I'm the God of that. I can get that out of you. I have power over that. He didn't do it, but he has power over that. He can say, you know, that's not going to work in you anymore. If you stay in faith, if you stay with your, uh, your heart just uh, embracing the truth and the truth alone. Uh, Jeremiah 1.12, I'm just going to read this in, uh, out of the Amplified. I have it written down. It says, I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. So God is watching that word. He's watching that word that you received, that, that promise in the word of God that you received. 
and, and based your healing on. First Peter 2.24 is one of my favorites. <clears throat> By his stripes you were healed because that's, that was accomplished at Calvary. I'm holding on to that. I was healed, so I received that for my life. You're watching over that, Lord, to perform it for me. And you're with me. You're holding my hand. There's nothing too hard for you. And then resisting quitting. Yeah. <laughs> that can, that can, after, if you've kind of had to stand a while, quitting, uh, the enemy will bring a, a thought of, hey, why don't you just quit? Give up. This isn't working. You know, that's just how he plays. Like I said, he's a liar. That it, Well, I didn't say that, but he is a liar. But just be aware of how the enemy operates. So uh, that, that's another tactic of his to, to bring, uh, uh, you know, lies to you that uh, make you believe something that is not true where the word's concerned. Hebrews uh, 6.12 we talk a lot about faith. We don't talk a whole lot about this, this little portion of scripture here. We need to. <laughs> so I'm bringing it out tonight. It says, uh, verse 12 says that you do not become sluggish or lazy, but in, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Ooh, patience. That's something that our generation or our uh, society is not real good about. We are so used to instant stuff always. Uh, just everything's kind of instant. We've, we've gotten used to that. I grew up in a, a time when everything wasn't instant, and it was good for me. It was good to have to wait on things and to have to uh, put, you know, put up with some stuff before things changed. But uh, now it's kind of hard for people to grasp that because we're so used to the other patience the word a, a word the Lord spoke to me today is fortitude so I looked that up and it means strength or firmness which enables a person to bear a pain or adversity without murmuring depression or despondency oh wow patience and fortitude they're, they're kind of they're similar but then I, I ran across this I had it in some of my uh, in a, some notes that I had from previous study, and the word patience this gives a very detailed definition. So, this is this is huge. It means to stay and abide. Remember, with faith and patience, we inherit the promises. It says, "Stay, abide." It depicts a person who who knows he is in the right place, regardless of the pressure. As the enemy brings that. He has simply decided that this is his spot and nothing is going to move him from it. It has its staying power. It never surrenders or quits. It's not a question of if you will win. It's just a matter of time until you win. Eventually, listen to this, eventually the enemy will get tired and quit. <laughs> I love that. He will get tired. He thought, I'm tired of dealing with them. They're putting too much pressure on me. They're resisting me, and I'm tired of it, and he'll flee because the Bible does say, does say that. It says that, that, uh, the, uh, that as we resist the devil, he will flee from us, and that word flee means to run from as in terror. He gets tired of it, so he takes off, thank God. So just don't quit. Quitting is not an option. Once you believe you have received, you don't want to be almost there and then quit, you know, like, and the Lord probably goes, oh my, 
oh my, I wish they hadn't quit. Because it's almost, they're, they're, almost gonna, they're almost at the point of seeing their manifestation. Do not quit. And then this one is something the enemy will bring to self-pity. Oh, I feel so sorry for myself. You know, something to remember when you start to feel sorry. Because I wrote this down, I thought. Self-pity will put you in a pit. <laughs> That's the truth. You will be in a pit if you, are, you yield to self-pity. Feeling sorry for yourself, don't do it. Don't do it. Self-pity is another tool of the enemy to uh, ruin your, your uh, manifestation of, of God, what God is wanting to do. If you think about the scriptures that talk about that there is, that everybody has gone through the same things that you're going through. You know, it, we're not a lone ranger here with things we're going to, through. If you're going through a real difficult time, God cares. He sees and he wants to help you. He loves you. You're his beloved. He loves you so dearly, you know, and he wants to see you come through. The Bible says in Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He wants you to come out. He wants you to, to be delivered out of them all. But we have to, to trust and keep on keeping on. And that's what patience does. It just keeps on keeping on. I don't know, you know, I, don't, it, I never treated my children this way. I didn't, I didn't want to see them have their, their just every whim always just met, you know, just they wanted something and they got it. That's just not how a parent will do. You'll make them, um, you know, wait for some things because it's good for them. And, and I, a lot of things are good for us if we go through these tougher times and, and have to keep on keeping on and standing. Your faith will grow. You'll, your, your, your trust and your confidence in God will come through. You know he will come through. It may not have been at the very moment that I think I wanted it. Probably wanted it immediately, of course. But he will be with you and we, he will help you all the way. There is nothing, he said he won't allow you to go through anything that is that you can't bear. He will make a way of escape. So if you're dealing with something like, oh boy, I can't. This, is, this has really gotten to be much. But you know what? One of the things that help has helped me to bear in those difficult times is the grace of God. He will give us his grace. Say, Lord, I need your grace. I need your extra help here. And grace is a strength from God and an enabling from him to help us go through the hard times. So call on his grace. If you're in a really kind of, whew, this is a really hard day or this is really tough, you know, don't speak that out a lot. You can talk to the Father about it, but then get your mouth right and say, okay, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to receive your grace here, and I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right. And just start praising him. Start thanking him. And one of the, a good confession is I'm not a quitter. I'm a winner. I ran across something today as I was studying, too. It was in a, an older teaching I had. And uh, my uh, oldest grandson, who is 19 now, he was seven at the time, and um, just out of the blue one day, my grandchildren call me Nani. And out of the blue one day, when he was seven years old, he said, Nani, I have so many wins in me. And I thought, praise God. I'm glad you have wins in you. God put that in, in a child. They want to win. 
We want to win. That stayed in us. That's the child thing that never left us. We want to win because God is a winner. He wants us to win. He's made us to be overcomers. And I love the, the in the Dutch language, <clears throat> um, overcomer is overwinner. I love that. It's an overwinner. It means you just win huge. <laughs> you, hit, you win abundantly. Uh, just keep on keeping on winning. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God, that's us, of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So that's what we've been talking about. It's our faith, our trust in his word, our use of, of the things he's given us to fight the fight of faith, uh, trusting his word and using all, the, all of the tools that he's given us to deal with the enemy, an overwinner. Praise God. And You've got a lot of wins in you. I know you do because the Spirit of God is in you, and he is a winner. One last portion of um, scripture I wanted to talk about, go over it a little bit <clears throat> in a little bit more detail because it will help you in your uh, fight of faith, your resisting the enemy. It's about Abraham, and he's called the father of us all. He showed us what faith looked like. Oh, it's a wonderful story. If you haven't read the story of Abraham in a while, go back. It uh, starts in Genesis 11:27. It goes through Genesis 25:8. <laughs> Quite a few chapters, but it's it's oh, amazing. I love the faith of Abraham. I love studying after him. But in Romans 4, we're going to look here tonight. Kind of close out with this. You've been very good, attentive listeners tonight. I know I've said a lot of, given, given a lot of information, but I, I believe it'll help you if you've taken it to heart and, and will really apply it to your lives. And it's things that, that the Lord has taught me that I've, I've used. You know, I've had to use these things in life. And thank God they've been there for me. Romans 4. I'll start with verse 18. <clears throat> Talking about Abraham, it says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. In other words, looking at the natural situation with him, and he, he was so old, and Sarah was barren, and she had never been able to have children. But there, there was no hope, naturally speaking. But, they, it, but he believed. In hope, he believed. That means that he began to have a, a, an expectation in him. So that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And this is what God told him. He said, look at the stars, look at the sand. Can you count them? He said, no. He said, well, that's how many descendants you'll have. So that's what he believed, even though it looked like, wow, this has been a while. And he waited quite a few years for, for that to come about in his life. I think it was like 25 years. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Okay, this is important. When you have symptoms in your body, don't be always be looking at them and checking them, checking them out to see, okay, how's this doing? How's that doing? I know you might feel them, but in those times of feeling, you look up. You say, thank you, Father. The healing power of God is working in me, affecting a healing and a cure in me. Praise God. I am healed by faith, and I will see. The manifestation of my healing. Keep your mouth lined up with the word of God. It's so important. Speak it. Speak tr 
faith. Speak confidence in him. He said, and being not weak in faith, he did not consider his body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was 90. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened, waxed strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had, God had promised, he was also able to perform. And that's just keeping your eyes on him, keeping your trust in the Lord. He's so faithful and he's so good. How we apply this to us and do what Abraham did, keep looking at the word of God. Isaiah 26.3 says he, uh, he gives us a, a perfect peace, the one whose, whose heart is set on him, whose eyes are, you keep your eyes on him. Let me read that to you. Trusting in him. I want to get it. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So keep your, keep your mind, keep what you're thinking, what you're looking at, what you're feeding your spirit. Keep the word before you. Write things. I think Derek mentioned this, writing things on scriptures on cards and keeping them before you and, and just really be serious about this. This is serious stuff. Be serious about this. Just be very diligent to stay with his word and stay with him. Don't look at what is wrong. Stay convinced in God's faithfulness to his word. Keep thanking the Lord, and you will see the promises fulfilled. And they did. They had Isaac, which is so amazing. His name means laughter. So a lot of laughing, a lot of rejoicing. And you can do that before you see anything change in your body. Just thank him and rejoice because he's, his word is faithful. He's true. He, he, will not, uh, he will not fail. He watches over his word. He will perform it for you. Because as I go back to the very beginning, you are his beloved. He so dearly loves you. And he so dearly wants you to be free from the torments of the enemy through the sickness and the disease that he, he brings against God's children. I know it, it's hard for God to, to uh, witness because think about your own children. If you have children, if they, if they have something wrong with them, how that pains you, you know, that, how that hurts your heart. You want to see them free. And it certainly does the Lord's too. But as we follow Abraham's example, you will win. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful word. We love it. We love you so much. And we're so thankful for the wonderful provision of healing, for the wonderful uh, uh, equipping that you have given your children to stand and resist the things that the enemy, that he brings against your precious children. And I thank you, Father, that as we take everything that you have given us, everything that you provided for us, Lord, we will walk in that place of being an overwinner, that we'll just walk from victory to victory, overcoming again and again and again. Thank you, Father. Our faith will grow. We'll be a witness for you to others who see that, wow, God is truly a healer. And we will all be so careful, Father, to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.